Hello and welcome to another episode of Monster Dear Monster, a monster exploration podcast where we compare monster lore to its contemporary um, depictions in modern multimedia. I'll be your host this episode. Uh, my name is Dave, and I am joined today by Cameron. Cameron, how's it going? Yeah. Hello, hello. It's going extremely good. Uh, Sony Santa Monica Studio linked the in-game weather in God of War to my real-world weather, so we've had a thunderstorm this evening, which is very nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you just, just boot up the PS4. Boom. I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> But yeah, it's good. Excellent. Good to hear. Um, also joined by Leonard. Leonard, how are you doing? I'm good. Um, hopefully I won't end up staked to a tree by the end of the day. Yeah, well, <laughs> that won't be for most. Hopefully. So. <laughs> hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. And uh, Matt will not be joining us today. Uh, he's on one vacation doing this mm-hmm. one. But it better be awesome. You hear that, man? <laughs> better be having fun <laughs> uh, on our behalf. Even though this is, I'm sure of course, is. this is fun too. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm only here because Dave uh, has a goblin here with a gun to shoot me if I don't record. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Sorry, it's just a little miniature one, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, I guess that moves us along. Um, we are at that time of the... Well, it's not really even Yokai of the Week anymore, is it? Yokai of the mm. Every Other Week? <laughs> yokai of the Fortnite. Fortnightly Yokai. <laughs> I think we'll still call it Yokai of the Week. It's just yeah. not the weekly Yokai. It's the Yokai for this week. Bi-weekly Yokai. <laughs> Yokai for this week. There, there you go. I think <laughs> we've got it. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> got it. We've got it locked down. <clears throat> but seeing as that's the case, what uh, what letter are we on today? We are on the letter M, I believe. For um, Matt's not here, so I have to try and make up something silly to do with the letter for the yokai. Uh, how'd that go? <laughs> Yeah, it was great. It was magnificent, as I might say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but yeah, letter M. Uh, so every fortnight now, I guess, uh, we take our handy-dandy Wikipedia page of lots of different kinds of yokai. Uh, we roll some dice, specifically Dave rolls some dice. Uh, we pick the yokai based on the number of the dice and we talk about it i think that's how we do it right i'm not misremembering it's been so long <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just we randomly know about all of these yokai it's from memory mm. yep <laughs> yep uh so lettered matt's not here so would uh in his absence would you like to do the honors uh yeah of course sure uh, roll them, Dave. Five. All right. Two, three, four. There. 
Misaki. <clears throat> this is going to be like a generic entry. I this, bet. yeah, this is a little bit of a generic entry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a collective term for spirit-like existences in Japan, like gods, demons, spirits, among other supernatural entities. Their name comes from <laughs> Kanushi's vanguard. <laughs> I'm sorry, a spirit is apparently a spirit-like existence. Uh. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Apparently>. <laughs> a temporary ghost-like existence. Yeah, yeah. They got better. Let's see. Yeah. They, they got better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, so reading for the summary, uh, Misaki are subordinate to the high-ranking divine spirits. And when divine spirits appear in the human realm and are said to be the small... What? There's some weird grammar here again. Uh, <laughs> they're said to be the small-scale divine spirits that appear as omens or to serve as familiar spirits. I guess to the high-ranking ones. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, they are often seen as animals. Uh, Yadagarasu that appear in Japanese mythology are one type of misaki, and when Yadagarasu guided Emperor Jimu during his eastern journey, this provides one example of the characteristics of misaki. Kitsune from the Inari Okami household are also misaki, those that appear as heralding something important and the incarnation of gods are also... Yeah, this is a very, this is a very broad category. <laughs> <laughs> I think what helps, uh, um, just from that beginning, the, like the mm. original sentence, uh, when it talks about the Kanushi's vanguard, those are the um, people responsible for the maintenance of a Shinto shrine. So I think uh. that denotes that these particular spirits are not, they're not envoys but they're like attendants mm. like they're serving they're something familiar so, yeah yeah in iwaki in the fukushima prefecture on january 11th when they first hoed the field they would say kamisaki kamisaki and call for the bird and there is an event praying for notate for the sake of the year's plentiful harvest so i guess in other areas they're attributed to helping with harvests and farming yeah, uh, and they're split. Yeah. I guess they're recategorized by location. Mm. Also. Okay. So there's like a mountain misaki, a river misaki. Mm. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Does someone else want to read the stuff about spirit possession? Sure, I'll take that. Uh, in folk religion, especially in Western Japan, misaki are connected to the faith in spirit. To the faith and spirit possession? Oh, I'm going to need some help with these pronunciations. <laughs> and like the Yuki... Yuki Aigami? and... Hidarogami. Thank you. Among yeah, others... No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, among others in the Onryo? On yep. Yeah, that's like the, All right. the angry spirit. Unreal people. Oh, there we go. Angry, angry souls. Oof, that, <laughs> no from soft. Don't make demon souls. Sequel. Don't make. Don't make that game from soft. Uh, the unreal of people who die of unexpected deaths and are not prayed for would frequently possess humans and cause calamities. As stated previously, these misaki are small scale spirits. 
but as small scale they are small scale as they are the method of cursing is wow that's a weird sentence as small scale as they are the method of cursing is quite remarkable remarkable cursing Mm -hmm. The Misaki are generally unable to be seen by the eyes and are frequently encountered as a type of premonition or a premonition of sickness and other things. When people walk on paths devoid of other people, it is said that sudden coldness or headache are headaches are due to Misaki. Since they are frequently said to float in the air, these illnesses are said to be because one has come into contact with Misaki wind. In uh, Hagi, Hagai, Hagi, Hagi, in the Yamaguchi Prefecture, mm-hmm. uh, those who faint due to intracranial hemorrhaging are also <laughs> said to have come into concept, contact with Masaki Wen. <laughs> okay, in the Kugoku, Chugoku, Chugoku region it is said that the spirit of a human who died violent death become misaki so i wonder if it's kind of like juan or like the grudge yeah that's that is yeah. actually kind of what it seems like but it doesn't seem like they're tied to an actual physical location yeah they're, they're just wind yeah I mean, I'd be worried if I came into hospital with an intracranial hemorrhage and they just said, oh, it's just the Misaki. <laughs> got to stop walking by yourself. You've just you got some, you've just got some of those Misaki vapors. You done touched a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Dave, yeah. do you want to take the next section of spirit possession? Yeah, um, and this is what I mentioned a little bit earlier. So, as a spirit yeah. possession, depending on the place they appear, they are also called Yama Misaki, so Mountain Misaki, um, Kawa Misaki, which is the river, um, and a oh, this is interesting. And a Kawa Misaki becomes a Yama Misaki once it enters a mountain. So the classification will change depending on when they cross, I guess, borders or barriers. Yeah, interesting. Um, so if you're if you're sensing fatigue at a river, it's because it's because you have become possessed by a kawamasaki. Um, and then in Shikoku, these spirit possession are called hakaze, and it is said that humans and domestic animals who oh. encounter them will become ill and sometimes even die. And then hmm. they further classify these. Um, this is going to be closer to like the the grudge or the ring. Yeah. Um, in the Kochi Prefecture and the Fukuoka Prefecture, they are seen as a type of funayure. So this is those um, water spirits. The spirits mm. of people who die at the sea or die at sea uh, are said to become misaki and are said to possess fishing boats and inflict harm, such as making the boat completely unable to move. Uh, and this is again reclassified, I guess, if they've specifically possessed a boat. Um, Shichinin Misaki, and it is said that they would go away when one takes ashes left over after cooking and drops them off the back of the boat. How'd you how do you figure that one out? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I dropped I burned my lunch, I dropped it off the edge of the boat, and the boat started moving again. It's just (laughs) how it works. Yeah. (laughs) And then uh, in the Tsugaru region, Aomori Prefecture. When one is possessed by a Misaki, one's body would shake with 
would shake without stop as if one's whole body was put in cold water. And like in Kochi, by throwing the ashes from the firewood used in cooking off the ship, a Masaki would be exercised. Hmm. So they're just, they're just going around giving people the vapors uh, <laughs> all over the place. And occasionally to boats, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Those boat vapors. You've got you've got river vapors, you've got mountain vapors, you've got boat vapors, boat vapors. you've got people vapors. <laughs> all the kinds of things there are. Mountains, rivers, boats, and people. That's all there is. <laughs> yeah, all the things. All the things that encompass the, the heavens and the earth. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is your brain bleeding? Oh, <laughs> exactly. That's still, that is just the craziest idea to me. It's like an intracranial hemorrhage, even if you don't know a lot about medicine, is clearly not like a bout of fatigue or you just slipped a little. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's it it's 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 those ghost farts. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, and Man. I guess unlike the last one or two uh, yokai of the week, this one does not <laughs> really tie into our topic for this episode. But that's okay. <laughs> we I mean, head injuries, the vapors, <laughs> yeah, head injuries. Yeah, so yeah. Mm. Oh well. Uh, Shall we continue on to the actual main topic then? Let's. So, what what are we covering today, Leonard? What did you What did you discover? I actually suggested, and ironically enough, didn't even think of the tie-in possibilities. I suggested uh, 2017's "The Ritual." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a uh, a uh, British horror film directed by David uh, Bruckner uh, and written by Joe Barton. It's based on a 2011 novel of the same name by mm. uh, Adam Neville. Yeah. Uh, it's about uh, uh, four friends who uh, travel to, what is it? Did they say Southern? Sweden. Okay, so, uh, not, no specific part of Sweden, but Sweden, somewhere in Sweden, somewhere in Sweden um, and encounter some spooky goings on uh, during a hiking trip in the forest. Mm. Yeah, I think they're specifically yeah. following, uh, I want to say it's the King's Trail. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yes, I believe that's correct. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and this, um, I guess, unfortunate excursion. Uh, it was supposed to be was it five, five dudes. Yes, five dudes. It was it was five five, yeah. f- five university friends. Yeah, yeah. Um, this yeah. is like their get together. You know, they're all moving on with their lives. People are getting married, having children. Uh, um, yeah. And this is their, like, I wouldn't say it's like a last hurrah, but it's a, to get mm. together, to, you know, they're intending to have, like, a kind of a boys trip. Um, yeah. And suggested by uh, their their friend Robert. So this group is Luke, Hutch, Phil, Dom, and Roberto. Robute. <laughs> no, it's not, not Robute. 
<laughs> Gilliman. No. No. Um, yeah. It's Robert. Uh, they're yeah. good, old, good old boy Robert. Uh, suggests mm. this trip because otherwise they're just going to do like a pub run or something. I don't remember what the other yeah, were. Do, um, it wasn't, uh, well, wasn't a, a lad's holiday. Yeah. <laughs> they said. Yeah. So they suggest this um, hiking excursion and... I think aside from Robert, no one really wants to go on this hike because for one day mm. to actually travel. Um, yeah, and, yeah, he's almost pretty universally shot down. That suggestion shot down by everyone the yeah. minute he suggests it. Um, uh, but uh, there's a reason why they end up going on that trip. Cameron, would you uh, care to explain how they decide that they're going to travel the King's Trail? Um, yeah, so, you know, they've, they've had a bit of a get-together. They've been drinking together and talking about planning out this trip and everything. Uh, and everyone's ready to go home. You know, I, I think it's Phil's going to phone an Uber and stuff like that. Uh, but Luke, who is sort of the main character, I, I won't say protagonist because, yeah, um, yeah. Besides, yeah, he decides he wants to party some more, uh, and is just going to drop by a local liquor store and get some more vodka and keep the party going because they're still they're still the lads, they're still the university boys. Uh, God, that felt awful saying that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. And uh, Robert decides to come along with him because Luke is very drunk already. Uh, and they walk into the middle of an armed robbery. Uh, Luke hides behind some shelves. Uh, Robert gets robbed. Uh, they take his wallet. Uh, they demand his wedding ring, which he refuses to give up. And for his troubles, he is hit repeatedly in the head until he dies. Yeah, so um, their last hurrah trip turns into a uh, memorial trip. trip. Yeah. Um, and so the... Mm, so I really... Um, don't like Luke, and I think... <laughs> um, uh, that I I don't know about everyone else, but uh, it's mm. it bothers me that he becomes our point of view character out of out of everyone in the group, um, mm. just because of 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 the opening to the movie. It really it really informs the audience about his character, and it's not really a character that I want to follow for like a 90 minute runtime. Do mm. you have any feelings on him? Uh, Dave, you first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, um, he's, he's a sympathetic character in, in a way because we, as the audience, we're privy to like why he acts the way he does. And out of the rest of the group, um, he's the most understandable um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that any of these boys are like <laughs> protagonist material. Like everyone has their flaws and they're wearing them like on their sleeve. No, none of these guys are great. They're all kind of jerks. Mm -hmm. um, they're jerks to each <laughs> other, uh, mm -hmm. which is, it's really hard to see why these guys are friends. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was, or why this amount of them are friends. It's, uh, mm. 
they're fine in like pairs, but as a whole yeah. group, they're just kind of they're taking some of the I don't know toxic masculinity to like it's it's full term. They're just they bought mm. into this and that's how they're behaving. And it's really weird because they're not college age dudes. These guys are like no, nah. I don't know mid thirties or something. Maybe, yeah. maybe late twenties, but they look older, so the actors are yeah. older. Yeah, um, I mean, that made it a little bit harder to uh, see them behaving like this and realizing how you know they, they're adults; they're not like teenagers. So they're, yeah, they're kind of acting a little bit petty, um, but it's all mm. understandable within realm of like the events that have happened. Uh, I think the yeah. grudges they bear toward each other and toward Luke in particular are like real things. I mean, they're, they're mm. literally holding him responsible for Robert's death and uh, he holds himself responsible um, on a level uh, that he doesn't, he's not really willing to acknowledge, but the, the movie and the pacing and um, some of the flashback scenes we get that aren't really even flashbacks. They're sort of nightmares uh, mm. do more than hint um, at, the problems that Luke has in particular with himself. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say that the movie like ultimately redeems him, but I, aside from sacrificing all of his friends, which he didn't do on purpose, mm. um, he, he came out of this, uh, I would hope a better person. Um, <laughs> of course, everyone's, you know, dead spoilers um, <laughs> at that point. So, does it really matter? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think that this is something where the the movie succeeds on certain levels, and I I want to read the book. Um, I don't think any of us had the chance to do so, but I think in novel form, this is going to have a lot more time um, and effort, uh, I would imagine, to to put behind these characters' eyes and kind of get a better feel of who they are. The movie is relying a lot on um, cinematography, which is great. Uh, yes, but there's a lot of silence, a lot of just long panning shots. the 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 other major character is the 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 environment where you know the yeah. forest they're yeah. in. Everything is very strong as far as how they um, decided to um, just kind of showcase it. There's a few set pieces that also become characters in their own right. And because the movie's dwelling more on a psychological um, angle, uh, to its detriment, it doesn't give us enough background for these guys. We would have needed to see more than just the one um, like pub crawl that they were doing, I think, to really get a handle on you know, their group. Um, why Dynamic. that they're friends. Yeah. That's really yeah. what it comes down to, is I don't understand why that these guys are hanging out together. Well, right. I and, I know and, why they're hanging out together. Robert. Everyone loved Robert. Yeah. He was the best of them. They literally say he was like the best of us. <laughs> he was, you know, there were those groups where like one person holds it together. And yeah. in this case, that one person got beaten to death in a, in a liquor store. Uh, yeah. So, and, and you can the, see the, you know, the, because he's not there, mm, the, you know, they do fall apart. That, yeah, that's like yeah. that's why all this happens, basically. It, uh, and it feels like it's almost instantly, like the moment that he's <laughs> not there to to be like the voice of reason for mm-hmm. the other four. Like they are 
almost instantly at each other's throats. It's actually kind of amazing um, how much of a linchpin Robert appeared to be for this entire group. Mm, definitely. I don't know. I mean, it works for the movie. It works for the purposes of what you know what you yeah. need these characters to do. So I don't think that they went wrong in doing that. Um, I just uh, speaking to like being invested in these guys and you know wanting to make sure they see it to the end. I I don't know. I, I am like I didn't want any of these. You know, you're never going like, oh, that guy shouldn't make it. Um, they, <laughs> they all should I mean, have. That would have been great. That would have yeah, been, you know the yeah. ideal outcome. Um, but as far as like effectiveness is concerned uh we don't get just we don't get quite enough um sympathy toward them mm-hmm. like i just it just be kind of like uh, okay it just turned into well who's gonna not make it next you know you're you're, <laughs> you're doing that kind of game rather than oh is everyone gonna get through this you know what what, what are they trying to do um, with these characters are they are they changing in some meaningful way um well, they they got scared. I guess, I guess that was a big change. They, you know, yeah. they start the tr- the trip in one mindset, and um, I guess aside from Hutch, uh, sort of just go downhill the entire time. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's one of those. The entire cast just kind of slowly devolves further and further away from the path of reason. Uh, films. Yeah, um, and then they give um, each other. I guess they give each other opportunities um, to shore themselves up. But because of events that mm. happen on their trip, the, um, the like the group morale doesn't ever really hold together because it wasn't that great in the first place. Probably right. <laughs> um, but you know, as they're giving each other choices. Uh, it almost it doesn't even feel like that, that much because we have uh, Hutch is basically the the group default leader with Robert not being there. I don't I don't think Robert was ever really leading the group. He was just kind of keeping it together. Um, yeah, Hutch seems to like to take command, um, but uh, interestingly enough, he I don't think he puts a whole well none of them put a whole lot of faith in Dom, and then mm. Phil is just kind of on the side, but. He's sort of like a, I don't know if he's, uh, because of the way the film is paced, he's like a, a toady to, to yeah, Hutch. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's Hutch's errand boy. Um, but despite what the others or even Hutch may think of Luke, um, our, our main character, for lack of a better word, um, Hutch puts most of his trust in Luke. Like he's the right. only one, who, mm. he's the only one that he's willing to like talk to and pull aside. He's like, it's a weird, um, it's almost like Hutch and Luke are the parents of this group of people, <laughs> you know, I mean, Ugh. Hutch uses strange language. He's like, um, oh, you know, he wants to pull Luke aside to talk to us. He's like, you know, come step into my office, you know, even though they're out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, and he's, you know, you know, telling Phil, go, go fetch something or other. And they're basically just relegating Dom to lowest on the totem pole. Um, he doesn't mm. get much say in anything. And when he does say that he's injured and it's like visibly the dude got his leg hurt pretty bad. Um, and they're yeah. just not putting any faith in whatever he says. They're like, Oh yeah, he may be hurt, but it's not as bad as he says it is. Even though they don't even look at it. 
Right. Yeah. And then we do see his leg, and it's like, yeah, dude, your leg should not be, like, purple around your knee. Like, that's not good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, the group dynamics, it, it, again, that's another, that's another character to, to the movie. They, they do a good, the actors do a really good job of making you, like, understand the character. You're mm-hmm. not going to agree with it, I don't think. But um, you, you, you get what they were trying to convey. They got that, that, that did work. Yeah, I'll definitely give it that credit. <clears throat> so uh, we have these boys on their on their little trip. Um, they uh, they don't really they decide, I guess, to do the whole trail, sort of. Mm. Uh, the whole goal really was um, to go to they build a, a cairn for um, Robert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have some, you know they have some little this personal effects on there on this, you know, uh, uh, it's not a ring of stone, a tower of stones they've stacked. Yeah. And um, they, they do the requisite, everyone have a, you know, shot of whiskey or whatever, the alcohol that Robert mm. preferred, and then he gets it there and, you know, he pours one out for his boy. Um, pours a long one out. Uh, yeah, that's I was about to say. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> the scene was, like, uncomfortable <laughs> because the, the flask just kept pouring and yeah. <laughs> yeah not only were the characters like sort of disconcerned because they're just kind of staring at it because they're they're not comfortable they're just having this it's supposed to be like a you know a little memorial but they're they don't want to be mm. there um right and they're all just awkwardly silent but it's super awkward because they're just all staring at the flash just keeps pouring and <laughs> i want to like it's in one take and i wonder if the actors were expecting it to just keep doing that because it was like <laughs> the guys just he just looked at it and was like really why is this still going and uh, I don't know it's a, it's a bit of unintended um, I don't think that was intentional comedy but it, it no not at all I I half expected a bunch of scarves tied together to fall out yeah. a couple of doves <laughs> to fly out of the hole magician's flask <laughs> yeah um <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the boys, after their memorial, uh, set off on the trail. Uh, Dom almost immediately just falls over, and that's how he injures his knee, and everyone just rolls their eyes yeah. and says... He doesn't even fall. Oh, he dumb. steps into, like, a, a crevice. A like, hole. It's, it, yeah. it's really deep. And I don't know how he didn't yeah. just break his leg outright, but um, he had... Uh, <laughs> He gives a little bit of a backstory, um, just kind of in passing. Torn meniscus. Yeah, he had uh, yeah. injured his meniscus, and he's like, "Oh, it's just, it's just no good. It's injured again." I'm like, <laughs> all right, dude, you should not do a fourteen-mile hike on that. Nope, no. Um, not even a fourteen-mile hike, a fourteen-hour hike. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, it's even longer. Yeah, than two miles. <laughs> oh yeah. Um. So, so they're the the king's path. Whatever it is, the, trail. the trail, King's Trail. It um, it's actual trail, and it winds around uh, an edge of a valley, like it's the upper mm-hmm. edge. And then there's a forest that's down below. So they're you know they pull out their map and they're looking at the the trail. And even though they're saying that maybe he's not as hurt as much as he is, um, he's not going to make it like that far. And they no. really don't want to do like the whole fourteen hour hike anyway. So the next best thing is let's just cut across the forest and, you know, make a beeline for the other end of the trail. 
Because yeah. that always ends well. Oh, yeah. What could go wrong? It's only a couple <laughs> inches on the map. What's the problem? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a problem. There, there is right, right. There's, there's always a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and also also it's one of those situations where you're like, look at all these warning signs before they actually enter the forest to take their shortcut. Yeah. There's like an abandoned, like <clears throat> excuse me, super abandoned VW van that they're just <laughs> like, oh, that's weird. They just dumped their trash anywhere. And I'm like, really? No one thinks that this overgrown abandoned van is super suspicious on the edge of the woods all right well we know what kind of movie characters you all are the ones not that, that smart were former victims <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh, and uh who is it? it's hutch hutch has the compass right hutch has yeah. the compass in the map um and i thought it was really weird and it probably was just me not seeing it correctly because I was watching I had been watching this on my computer screen but I I thought that the compass was just spinning erratically but I that probably wasn't the case but I also just um uh that coupled with the van I just was like wow you guys are not uh phased by anything but I'm sure the compass ultimately was fine <laughs> It probably was. I mean, they were already in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah. There's yeah. nothing out there. Um, so, yeah, why would there be an old van? It's not even by a road. It's, like, off, no, it's way just off the beaten path. It's in a grove of trees that are growing out of it. <laughs> right. Um, and they enter the forest for their shortcut and uh, almost immediately find a gutted elk. Yep. <laughs> Warning sign number two. Yeah, no, it's those hunters. The hunters got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do think it's. Uh, I think it's uh, really interesting that Luke is the only one that's like, "Hey, we should go because it's fresh <laughs> because it's still bleeding." Yeah. No, no, it's uh, cool. It's cool, dude. We just keep walking. Yeah, nothing to be. Nothing to be suspicious about. Um, and, uh... There's no bears in Scandinavia. <laughs> Wait, don't they actually make a joke about there being bears in the woods? Yeah, yeah. They do. Um, and then they get caught in, like, a torrential downpour and yeah. find, uh, a cabin... With a yeah. door that has like a chunk visibly missing from it, <laughs> um, yeah, and and decide that hey, this is the place to stay, and it's not <laughs> Cameron. Do you no. want to talk about their encounter in the cabin in the woods? Oh well, it's a cabin in the woods, so you know you're off to a good start there. Uh- <laughs> Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those crappy, very old, very abandoned, sort of just worn down, you know, there's a hole in the roof, there's water pouring through the ceiling, but it's better than being outside. Um, they send Phil, of course, they send Phil upstairs to check out (laughs) what's happening up in the upper floor of the cabin. Uh, there's what looks like an old bathroom, broken up tub, and then he opens the door and it cuts downstairs, you just hear, get the fuck up here, get the fuck up here. Uh. 
he has found the idol room, the room of the idol, uh, who are the previous occupants have put up this weird, it, it looks like someone doing a handstand, but no head, and they've got antlers growing out of their feet, is like the best way to describe it. <laughs> it's just, it's just this effigy. <laughs> that looks pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. But not something I've yeah. seen in, you know, real life. No thanks. Yeah. And everyone starts joking, like, if I hear anything coming down the stairs in the night and all that kind of stuff. And they all go back downstairs, except for Luke, who keeps staring at it and realizes that at the base of the uh, the effigy, there are actually what looks like preserved human hands coming out, mm-hmm. um, which is great. Not sure why he stayed after that, but... Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, he would have been outvoted no matter what he said. True. True. <laughs> No one listens to Luke. Uh, I mean, I, I guess the last time they listened to Luke, someone died. So I, I, I see no one listens to Luke. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then everyone goes to sleep and everything's fine. Nothing bad happens at all. No, uh, <laughs> terrible things happen. Uh, it starts with um, Luke having a horrible nightmare about the night Robert died. Um, you know, I think... I think in this one it's the mugger looks back up at him and he's got these gray misty eyes and he just calls him a coward. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wakes up. Yeah. Wakes up screaming outside with five holes in his chest, which again, yep. great sign. You wake up from your nightmare <laughs> sleepwalking outside <laughs> with like the beginnings of a rune etched into your chest. Um, slide aside in case we don't get to it later. Uh, those five, dots if they're connected they actually form a rune that means property uh, as in something owned by someone else property so he's been marked by something hooray uh, <laughs> there's a bit of chaos inside dom's screaming about his wife uh hutch is you know wet himself in the night and phil's nowhere to be seen uh they hear some muttering from upstairs they go upstairs and phil is still asleep but naked and praying to the effigy which yeah is a really great scene as well like he looks gaunt and te- sort of terrifying you walk and find someone at worship worship at this terrible altar basically and yeah that, that really starts freaking people out <laughs> yeah well and he had marks all over his back yeah yeah like, like almost like whippings or something like maybe self-flagellation. Mm. It's hard to tell yeah. on the screen, but he definitely had something all over him. Right. Um, another interesting thing about the uh, the holes in Luke's chest is he wakes up mm. outside standing, and he's still yeah. wearing a shirt, and the hole yeah. and the blood from the puncture holes just start seeping through his shirt. So it mm. it isn't like something stabbed him. It's like they literally just opened up on his chest. So yeah, they just appeared. Yeah. Um, yeah, and everybody's had a nightmare. Like it all seems like everyone's just woken up for from a, a really terrible nightmare, <laughs> except for Phil, who was who was um, praying at the altar. Yeah, but not well, like even consciously. When he like he's he's tripping. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and also, I believe all the trees outside have been marked with these symbols. Uh, sort of scratched into them, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, 
yeah, it yeah it's on. Yeah. It's a ring around the uh, cabin. Mm. Right. So, you know, they're understandably freaked out by all of this, even if it was just a dream, nothing else. <laughs> right. And leave quickly. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, the only sensible thing they do in the film. Uh. Right. <laughs> no, I mean, they make another, they make a few other sensible decisions. It just ultimately doesn't, doesn't matter. Their, right. Yeah. Their agency in this film is, is limited to, it's very limited. They're not able to actually yeah. affect much, much change on their own face. Well, no. They've already made the fatal mistake, which was not taking the long trip around. Uh, right. <laughs> Or just going there in the first place. Yeah, true. Alright. So, uh, they set off again. Uh, Dom's knee is getting worse. Like, it's now actually visibly bad. So they now all have to admit that they're kind of assholes for just uh, assuming that he was a big (laughs) baby that was overselling his injury. Um, I think Phil's starting to develop, like, blisters on his feet. Like, he's looking yeah. really bad, like, almost instantaneously after after this this uh, incident with the with the idol in the cabin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He it, says sure something can, about, like, wrong shoes. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty, pretty pasty at this <laughs> point. Um, and, uh... I believe Luke uh, decides to break away from the group just a little for a little bit to climb a ridge mm. to see if see he, can, what he can see. Yeah, um, and uh, there's a uh, it's a great sequence of him in uh, in this tree line um, where it if you look forward, there's nothing but trees, even though they're like mm. feet apart from one another. And uh, he sees an antler at first, and then a hand wrap around a tree. Yeah, yeah. This is really great, because the antler looks like a branch. And so Mm -hmm. when I was watching it, the first thing I saw was, it's just a human hand, but it's like 12 feet up the ground, just... it. It's like like a kid peeking around the side of a light pole or something. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it's just that... Up in the air. Yeah, it just so, something's watching. Yeah, taking an interest. Uh, and uh, uh, he has a reasonable reaction, finally, and uh, uh, to run uh, away. <laughs> <laughs> and he tells the group that there's something up there, and nobody believes him. And then a fight breaks out where Dom basically says, "Everybody blames you uh, hmm. for Rob's death." Yeah. Like, everybody blames you. Everybody's afraid to say it, but I'm going to say it because I'm kind of tired of your bullshit. Yeah. Um, And uh, Luke punches Dom because Mm -hmm. that's the character that Dom is and that's the character that Luke is. is. (laughs) Right. Um, Uh. And and they... uh, and Hutch has to pull Luke aside and they they have a little talk about how Hutch needs Luke to be like his right hand man and mm. take care of the other guys. Yeah. Yeah. P- parent meeting number two. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah. Um, is it what happens immediately after this? Is it mm, they set the camp? Is it this? They set up camp. Yeah, that was it. Um, yeah, they set up camp. They go on for a bit longer. Dom can't go much further because you know busted knee. They set up camp, uh, and the bad dreams come again for Luke, uh, who has an extremely bad time in his sleep. Wakes up screaming. Looks outside his tent to find Phil again, sort of just kneeling in the dirt, yammering, saying he saw something. Uh, and Hutch is gone. And, and his tent <laughs> is, like, torn open, which is yeah. interesting because in the dream, the dream ends with with Hutch's tent being yeah. violently, like, like raised up. removed from the... Yeah, removed yeah. from the frame. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Dom... Uh, not Dom. God damn it. Hutch, Hutch has disappeared. Uh, but we can still hear him. Yes. Which is nice. (laughs) Um, so they go, uh, everybody gets up. Wait, wait, is it just Luke and Dom? And do they just leave Phil there? No, no, they they bring Phil with them. Okay. Uh, that's also kind of the problem with Phil is that Phil doesn't really have any characters. So I kind of forget scenes that he's in. Mm. Um, but, um, yes, and they, uh, go looking for Hutch and they find him gutted and impaled on some trees. Mm. Like, really um, high up. <laughs> no, re- yes. Really high. He's up there. Yes. Like ten, uh, ten feet up or so. Yeah. Mm. Um, and they have to, uh, retrieve him, uh, Luke, uh, uh, gingerly attempts to uh, remove his compass. He also Mm. grabs his pocket knife and uh, is ready to set off. And Dom is like, I'm not going to leave him like this. So they, they uh, use some, some twigs and some uh, leaf litter to uh, build him a a makeshift grave. Yeah. They don't, they can't dig. There's no shovel. Right. Uh, so that's Hutt's gone, uh, which is really interesting because he really did serve as the group leader. So mm. with him out of the picture, like they fall apart like twice as fast as they were before. Yeah, yeah. Well, Phil is he's pretty much rendered useless because of his or- his ordeals that's happening to him. Um, yeah, Dom doesn't trust. Luke very much at all um, <laughs> and then Luke's not really any good for himself at this point it's, yeah yeah right. they, they're already they're just super dysfunctional um, although they do have at least a combined goal of you know get out of there right yeah uh, so uh, um, so I think this, it's, it either happened right before they camped or right after this is where they run into the second um, cabin and wisely. Yeah. I think it was before they camped. Might have um, been, yeah. But either way, they were like, let's go inside. Like, nope. Everyone's like, nope, we're not going inside. Just, just get <laughs> out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they also find the other abandoned campsite. 
Um, mm. It's it's actually uh, it's actually a tent, uh, a collapsed tent that's been covered with like forest debris and leaf oh, yeah. litter. So it's been there for years. And they look at it and they find uh, a shoe and a wallet with a credit card and a picture of a family in it. And yeah, uh, like the spookiest part of the movie because he crawls in there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, no, yeah. don't, don't do it, don't, don't go in there. <laughs> And the, the yeah, and the thing is the um the credit card belongs to Anna Ericsson, so someone who sounds like they at least should be in Sweden. Um, but it expired in 1984, and this is right. set in the modern day. So uh, this has been here a while, right? People have been disappearing for ages. Yeah, I'm actually surprised any of this stuff was in as good a condition as it was. Uh, yada yada. Um, but anyway, plot requirements. Uh, <laughs> Yes, the, the the prerequisite. Hey, you're not the first, so you're not special. Um, yeah, <laughs> signaling. Um, uh, uh, Luke once again crests a ridge, leaving Phil and Dom, um, and notices that they're relatively close to the edge of the forest. And mm. uh, upon returning, uh, uh, sees Phil, who is almost immediately dragged away screaming yeah. by something uh and uh Phil was carrying a flashlight and drops it yep it appears that blood gets on the on the on, mm. on the on on it i i couldn't tell it just went from being white to shining red um yeah but uh uh, and Luke finds Dom, who was hiding, because of course Dom can't run. So yeah, um, he hid himself, and they uh, they decide to make a break for it, and <laughs> uh, and whatever uh, took Phil starts to chase them. They actually pass Phil's body, who, who's yep. impaled on a tree, which seems to be uh, this creature or. Uh, whatever's mo and uh find a path a, a path with torches and follow <laughs> that to a cabin that they run into collapse on the floor and are immediately uh kicked in the head and knocked unconscious yeah, yeah. <laughs> as you do as you do there's some nice swedish music playing um y- yes i, I should I should say I watched this with subtitles on just so I could concentrate a little better. Uh, and, you know, if I couldn't hear anything, I could see the words, but um, whoever did the subtitling job has done a pretty great job. Cause it's like, you know, there's something wrong out here. And then it immediately goes ominous music begins pa- panting, breathing, <laughs> panting, breathing crash. Swedish music begins to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so this is, this is, a uh, we're, we're getting near to the end of the movie now. It's, we're down from five boys down to two boys, aren't we, Dave? Yes, now we're, we're just down to the, the final contenders, the final countdown. Um, <laughs> Will Luke, it be the man Luke with the torn the... meniscus or the man with the broken heart? Uh, <laughs> yeah, a bit of both. Um, this is probably... Mm one of the better i think this is the best scene because we get the most characterization out of these mm. two and also we're getting like 
it's, it's, it's a necessary exposition, but I wish it wasn't I felt yeah. a little bit forced. Um, why would, I don't know. Mm. So the guys that they run into are a, it turns out to be like a little um, cult. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Swedish and, cult um, in the woods. Swedish cult. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, they happened upon the, the torch, the lit torches in a trail, and that just, I don't know how you well, slice it, but that doesn't seem like the right way to go. And they already had yeah. demonstrated some some pretty decent um, presence of mind. I think it's because they were being chased, so that was better than yeah. Nothing. I think um, I think it's partly they're being chased. Partly the monstrous monster seems to be able to control the landscape to a degree. So wherever yeah. they went, they might have ended up at the torch path anyway. So yeah, it seems like <laughs> it. it uh, as the movie kind of pans out, we see that this forest itself is sort of a um, uh, sacred grove. I guess maybe it could be mm. turned that way, or yeah. at least it's a it has a barrier around it. It's a defined, yeah. um, natural barrier. Yeah, um, a good 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 barrier of our impaled corpses. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll do it. Some, <laughs> some runes carved into. It's a wood. Um, yeah. Yeah, they, they had another moment like right before this where they, uh, I think it was after they found that little um, campsite, but they find signs of other people. Uh, yeah. It's not, it's not mm-hmm. this cabin. It doesn't really tell you what it is, but they all unanimously at that point decide like, yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not following those other people. No, like, they, go the other way. They realized right. that was the better choice. And I wish for their sake, that this had been another choice that they made in that um, that thing. But uh, what was their other alternative? Was running deeper into the woods? And they, they don't know what. Yeah. Happened, so. Yeah, like that. They, they saw. Uh, I should say, Luke saw that they were literally nearly out. Like he was able to see the end of the forest yeah. for once, which is kind of a metaphor for his character growth. Like he's beginning to get to grips with what happened with Robert. And he's nearly out of the woods with that, as he's very nearly out of the woods here. But there are some obstacles first. Uh. Yes, the, yeah, there are uh, obstacles. Uh, is 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 a way of putting it. Um. Oh man. So, <clears throat> excuse me. They. Uh, they. Uh, wake up and they're chained and tied to walls, as mm-hmm. you do. Yeah, um, classic cult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, and uh, 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 a, a comically old woman. Uh, she's she's <laughs> yes. Uh, um, uh, appears with with some followers, and uh. uh uh, makes a beeline to Luke and gives him some water and takes a look at his uh, his property uh, holes. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's uh, a <laughs> um, um, And is like, yep, yep, the, this terrible wound is coming along nicely. And um, – <laughs> then completely ignores Dom, gives him no water, and kind of silently orders her, her, her uh, 
her her followers to beat him and then drag him upstairs uh where yep. they apparently beat him some more um yep. but there is is um and these are kind of like uh they're like like Swedish hills have eyes people with slightly <laughs> less radiation um yeah. <laughs> like they're clearly like been living in the forest perhaps their entire lives never dealt with civilization but there's one woman who goes to Luke who also speaks English um and basically covers his ears uh while they beat Dom so he doesn't have to listen to it and one of the things I wondered when I saw her was I wonder if she was the little girl from the photo that they found yeah. in the tent because she looks a lot like the um the woman from that photo you know blonde kind mm. of fine featured yeah yeah could I could be see the that. ages would line up yeah um I did not think of that. Easily, uh, (laughs) as we find out. Yeah, true. (laughs) True. Um, So, uh, uh, she also informs them that there's going to be a ritual, um, and... And I and I believe that this is is the the first mention of the movie's monstrous antagonist, which is the Jotun. Or Jotun, or however you say it. Yeah, all kinds of pronunciation. Yes. <laughs> um, which she described as uh, one of Loki's bastard children. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which I feel probably leads into uh, to the abilities that it had demonstrated up until this point, which was uh, manipulating how the forest looked, uh, the nightmares, uh, everything like that, since, of course, Loki is known as the trickster god. Yeah, um, yeah. And so... Um, uh after after his beating dom is uh is is brought back down to the basement uh and uh they uh dom and luke have a conversation uh and the details of it i have actually uh slipped my mind <laughs> uh does uh, <laughs> does anyone else remember the gist of their conversation it uh it boils down to you have to get out of here alive. Tell Gail, my wife, that I tried to get back to her, and while you're leaving, burn everything down. Uh, so yeah. Okay, good. So yeah. revenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, and they uh the worshippers once again grab Dom take him outside they had been building a uh an altar uh a mm. sacrificial altar uh which I, I you know what it's it's not as if this is the first time that this has happened one would think that they'd have a modular sacrificial altar that they could just <laughs> throw together whenever they get the chance to make a sacrifice um yeah. huh. like I, the the value of worship is in the act of like doing stuff for it. Maybe the Jotun says, no, no, you've got to make a new one each time. Uh. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
so um uh they tie him to this altar that is in the middle of the path that they took out of the forest into the clearing where this kind of makeshift village is because it isn't actually just a cabin there is a mm. bit of a village mm, mm, not yeah. a village but there's a giant house that is yeah. basically a communal structure that apparently all the villagers occupy um, I'm sure yeah. there's actually like a Norse uh, term for exactly what that building is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and and the worshippers get on their hands and knees, and Dom just waits there and waits there, and you hear the the roar of the creature that we've actually heard throughout the the entire movie, um, and. Out of the forest uh, steps this uh, rather lovely woman. Uh, mm -hmm. And from Dom's reaction, and also what he says, it appear it's apparently his wife, Gail, which is, yeah. you know, audience clue, uh, something real bad's going to happen to Dom. <laughs> um, she, uh, she took a flight. Yeah. Took a flight. Yeah, took a flight. I did want to interject briefly. The um, yeah, the, uh, this is not really an altar. It's uh, the thing that he, the structure that they built that he's tied to, um, is the rune for elk. Just so you know. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, okay. a little on the nose, Jotan, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it likes to hang uh, elk from trees. This is clearly an elk. <laughs> um. Uh, and Gale runs to him and is nonplussed by his bloody, battered, uh, partially nude state or the crazy people kneeling to her and embraces his face and suddenly her hands turn into old, long, withered fingers and we get our first glimpse at the, like, true, like, view of the Jotan. And Dave, do you oh, want to describe, you want to have the pleasure of describing this fantastic <laughs> monster? It's a, it's a pretty boy. Like <laughs> uh, no, as we said, elk. Um, it appears sort of like an elk, if an elk was like 12 feet tall. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it may not be 12 feet. It's, still, it's really pretty darn tall. Uh, and has like there's a there's a face on top where its elk head would be but i don't think that's its actual head it's a little bit weird and there's hands as we mentioned earlier kind of growing out of its face and it has the big antler hands but then in the center where its chest the front of its chest would be is like a gaping hole with two little glowing eyes uh, sticking out mm. it's yeah. uh, it's good <laughs> it's a good creature yeah. design it's yeah god it's so hard to describe properly is the thing about it but when you see it it's very easily recognizable yeah you're not like, gonna mistake this for something else no it, i i actually went back and looked at it repeatedly it is um it's almost exactly uh the the um idol that was in the cabin it is a basically a uh it's head 
air huge air quotes is basically a headless human torso with uh with arms and basically where the pelvis is is that weird recess with the uh uh, where the eyes are, so it's it's almost exactly like that idol, uh, because mm. the uh, arms are the antlers, and then there's another set of arms near where a mouth or jaw would be. It's it's yeah, it's a it's really fascinating that it's it's really super Lovecraftian, mm. like it's definitely like body horror. Yeah. With an animal, yeah. Animal body. Wow. It's it's so so it's creepy. I just I I love the way it moves. It's got a really recognizable gait. But I think my favorite thing is it's got those dangly arms where its eyes are, and those are its mm-hmm. manipulating hands because it uses them yeah, and it picks people up and it moves people around and it yeah. grabs things. It's really weird because like it it's. It feels almost like, you know, um, ants and other insects have the sideways biting jaws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like the arms are like the grabbing parts of that, almost. Yeah. There's something a little insectile about the actual mouth bits layout. Yeah, I, I definitely, I would like a miniature of this. <laughs> oh. And it would fit into Kingdom Death Monster, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. That, that'd actually be really <laughs> fantastic. Um, well, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> make a mod. Get Skulton. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, surprise, Dom. It's not your wife. It's this horrible monster that's been following you for days. And it uh, picks him up and does its thing, which is impels him on a tree. Because yep. that's what it like. Um. <laughs> Uh, and Luke uh, has been watching this from the kind of weird basement area because he managed to scrape a hole out between uh, some some bricks and uh, and has been trying to free himself from his restraints the entire time and uh, eventually just has to break one of his thumbs in order to slip his hand out of the yep. restraints. Um, hmm. <laughs> always a good time in a movie like that it's you know it's funny it's it it's the it's things like this that always get me um mm. you can have fountains of gore and everything else but you break a thumb to get out of restraint i'm just like oh that's that was extreme and too much stop <laughs> that was, the other guy doesn't have a head no no that's the thumb <laughs> no, no no yeah no. it really no, is no. <laughs> Yeah. Um. Uh, uh. But he 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 only manages to free one of his hands, and then the young English speaking Scandinavian uh uh woman comes in uh and uh says that he should get ready for the ritual because he, it's going to happen. It's going to ask you to kneel. Uh, and if you don't, it'll kill you, and guess how it's going to kill you? Um, the <laughs> only way it crush you. The only, yeah, the only way it apparently knows how. Um, <laughs> and then after she leaves, uh, Luke manages to finally free himself, 
he takes a torch um, and a gun and finds some yeah. ammo, uh, yeah. a rifle, in fact, finds mm, some ammo. Finds two shots. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and explores this, I, I feel like calling it a row house. I really wish yeah. I knew the term for what it is. Um, yeah, and, fi- yeah. and finds uh, a room full of, uh, lovely jerky people. Uh, yeah. Mummies. Um, like- yeah. Cause he's been hearing this sort of chanting going on for a bit now and he found the door that was the source of it. And he opens it, and it's just full of preserved corpses, it looks like. Right. Um, and the chanting stops as soon as he opens the door. And, uh, yep. Classic. He, <laughs> yep. And he <laughs> looks, and he's like, oh, it's a room full of mummies. And then one of them starts breathing. Yep. And so Luke nopes, nopes the fuck out and sets the room on fire. Um, <laughs> as you do when you find a room full of mummies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is um. This was actually working with something touched on earlier. Uh, the English speaking woman. Uh, she actually, as sort of her, she she was telling him that this was going to happen, and you it's, you have to, otherwise you'll die. And if you let it happen, you'll be granted a life free from pain. You'll be free from death. You'll have a life longer, far longer than the normal span. And these appear to be the oldest congregants members of the congregation cultists i don't know what to call them uh is it i i took this to be that um these are their actual bodies oh i didn't think of it that way these are their original bodies and the other versions of them are just like the i don't know what to interact with the world with sort of oh okay you um like a sleeve and you yeah, mystical yeah. constructs. I, I think so. Yeah, um, that's what it's. That's I, what I it took it like to me. Yeah, I, I took it more as these are the old ones, the original ones, because there are like quite old people. Like uh, of the people that we see worshiping, a lot of them seem to be on the older end, like the mm-hmm. actual people that we see. Yeah, but maybe that's uh, I took the, this as the body decays, yeah. and then you got to get a new one. So it could be that, yeah. I, I, I took like, it as this has been going on for so long that the originals yeah. are like this. No, I don't <laughs> think they would... Re- I think that they're just rendered immortal, or at least super old, you know. I mean, they can last a very long time, but then they're mm. free to re- do about their daily lives in these other bodies. That's what it seemed like to me. Cool. That's because actually very that, interesting. The, yeah. the moment yes. that he... Um, when he sets fire to these this group... Uh, mm. the 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 Jotun, like starts killing the other ones. Like, why would it kill its worshippers? Yeah, but yeah. It's killing, it, it, I think it's killing those false bodies. Hmm. That's. I've no. I'd never thought of it like that. That is really interesting. Yeah. I, really I ended up like watching that, that part <laughs> twice, so it it made a little bit more sense viewed that way. But I mean, we don't have a. Mm. The, the movie doesn't explain this particular no. portion. I just read it that way. That's what it seemed. Um, so yeah. that being the case, I would like to see the novel and and perhaps it actually lays that part out. Mm, right. Yeah. Um. 
So Luke uh, uh, scampers downstairs and uh, encounters the comically old woman uh, and <laughs> doing his uh, and doing his best Nicolas Cage in the Wicker Man impression, punches her in the face. Oh, I thought he said yep. bees. Um, the bees. <laughs> the bees. Yeah. Um, uh, but... They needed a comedic relief moment, and Rabbit punching an old lady in the face is apparently a comedic relief moment in horror films. Uh, hey, she's she was evil. <laughs> it's okay if she's old and evil. And um, the, Don't forget <laughs> woo, mm, yeah, that mm. cut that last part out. Edit, edit, <laughs> snip, snip. Um, <laughs> um, and then encounters one of the uh, male worshippers, one of her lackeys, and. Attempts to shoot him, but the gun jams. And then in his attempt to unjam the gun, uh, shoots him. Uh, And he apparently just dies instantly. Or the husk dies instantly. Whatever mechanics Mm. going on for this long life situation. Um, The the Yotun appears and for whatever reason kills the... The youngest woman, I, it's almost mm. as if he could sense that she was kind of like less than uh, uh, zealous, as zealous as the other worshippers, because she's the only one that was ever really kind of nice uh, to Luke, uh, or at least nice enough to explain what the the deal was. Uh, so, uh, she gets, she gets murdered and, uh, actually she gets injured because, uh, it, it wants something more than with the other ones because it just takes her eyes. Yes. There we go. Um, and, uh, and Luke, while he's making his escape from, from this area, uh, actually, puts her out of her misery because he shoots her, right? He shoots her before the Jotun can impale her on a tr- on something. Um, or am I... It, it's it's not super clear. Like, he, he gets out of the building without being noticed. He gets away away and he looks back. There's this great shot of the Jotun standing, holding the young woman in front of the burning building. Like, yes. That is, that is the shot of the film. It is a yeah. very clear outline of the monster. Is again doing that creepy holding with the face hands thing, um, and he fires a shot, but because the only reaction is the Jotun just turns around and drops the woman's body, we cannot tell if he was shooting at it or shooting at her. Yeah, I, I, I had read it as he shot her because she wasn't dead, and it looked like the Jotun was about to do the thing that it does. Um, and that he had shot her to put her out of her misery so the Jotun wouldn't get the satisfaction of hanging up another body for Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's possible. Works either way, to be honest. But um, as he shoots in his direction and it spots him. Yes. Um... And so he makes a run for it. And there's this really fantastic sequence, this really, like, visually fantastic chase sequence. Um, and I I can't express enough how much I love the nightmare sequences in this movie. Uh, 
because uh, it's this fantastic mix of the interior of the convenience store with the with the lighting, like actual lights um, mm, and yeah. and and shelving, and he, he's running through his mem. It's almost like he's running through his memory and the guilt of the night that Robert died while being chased by the Yotun. Um, and it eventually catches up to him and instead of killing him, demands that he, he worship it and, and, mm. and acknowledge his, its dominion over him. <laughs> yeah. Like it just keeps pushing him down into the dirt, back into that mm. sort of prostrate posture. Yeah. It's like, uh, uh-huh. pushing him down. Pray, pray to me. Yeah. But we also get this this really fantastic shot of it. Put the first time it pushes them down, it gets on its hind legs and kind of does this. Uh, uh, takes this pose that is like, "This is what I want you to do to me. See how like pray like pray to me." And you you yeah. uh, see you get to see like it these vestigial arms that we never noticed that are kind of on its flanks, right by its hind legs, like another yeah. set of arms. Um, and it's just yeah. a really fantastic shot, like total shot of the of the, yeah. the creature. Oh, definitely. And I think this is interesting because when it rears up like that, uh, you see for the first time that it actually has eight limbs. And this mm-hmm. might this might be a call out to um, one of Loki's canon canonical children. Is 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 the Norse mythology a canon? I'm not sure about that. Uh, <laughs> But uh, Loki's most controversial child, Sleipner, the eight-legged horse, because of course Loki mm. had a horse for a kid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so this this is one of Loki's children is a quadrupedal thing with eight limbs. This is something else. It could be maybe this is what Sleipner is in the the ritual universe or something like that, mm. which would would be interesting because it's never named directly in the film, right? You know, it's just it is the Jotun. No, or the, well, they, or the, the monster. The young girl specifically says, um, we don't say his name. Yeah, yes. we don't say his name. Which, Loki had, Loki had a lot of kids. So yep. it could be any of them. It could be a brand new one they made up. Or it could be, this is our take on Sleipner, Odin's horse. Which, um, we can discuss later, the creature's similarities to Odin in other ways. Uh, but, yeah. I really like that shot where it rears up his all. <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs> um, uh, but Luke's have none of it, uh, and uh, he stands up, and the creature grabs him and uh, makes him prostrate once again. And Luke mm-hmm. once again stands up. Oh, uh, during his escape, uh, after shooting the man in in the house, he gr- also grabbed a, an axe. Yeah, like an old uh, Viking style axe. Yes. Um, yeah. And uh, Luke stands up one last time and takes a swing at the head? Question mark. Um, <laughs> uh, 
stunning the creature long enough for him to make another dash and finally uh, breaks through the uh, through the tree line out of the forest and uh, apparently the Yotun cannot pass the tree line out uh, mm. and they have this uh, <laughs> final face-off where they scream at each other and it's the only part of the movie that I'm like, uh, really? Oh, um, that was great. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was not feeling the, the, the scream at the monster ending. But, I mean, I, I can at least appreciate the fact that it's, probably as realistic as of a situation as one could get. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, if you're looking at the whole episode as um, Luke's flight from what he, you know, from himself or at least t- to himself, I took it, was he screaming? Like, maybe the first scream is him screaming like sort of in victory at, um, at the Jotun, but mm-hmm. the other ones were from himself. He's screaming right. at the situation. Mm. He's screaming at his, his the loss of his friends. I mean, just everything. That's what those sounded like to me. Because they're not... The first one is rage. The other ones weren't. I mean, his body language, nothing's indicating that. It's 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 just like a venting of emotion. That's what he was doing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> He's just getting out all the screams he should have done over the course of the movie when he was too busy running. Yeah, screaming and all the little creepy cocoon bodies he burned. Um, everything, really. <laughs> yeah. The, the whole, all of it. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I yeah. because I, I suppose that at the end of the day, he has to kind of feel guilty about the entire thing because it maybe if he had saved Rob, this entire this entire series of events had, would never have happened. So I can, I can see yeah. it. I can... I could understand the 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 screaming a little better than when it just kind of came out of nowhere for me when I watched it. Um, mm. And uh, Luke uh, turns away from the forest and the monster, monster and heads towards a road back to civilization and cut to black. And we get to see one car in the distance. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's the <laughs> ritual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Mm, it is a thing. Uh, <laughs> watch it. It's yeah. Cool. Um, definitely watch spoiled it. Spoiled everything for you. But now we spoil the entire thing. We right. Can't, uh, <laughs> we can't convey like how good this movie looks. And. The, oh, yes, the, the sets and the scenes. Um, the entire last, <laughs> the entire last section totally feels like um, Resident Evil Seven. Like that's just what it oh, reminded yeah. me of. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. It's. <gasps> yeah. Ooh, huh? Sorry, my cat is like trying to knock over my microphone. I just get her off. The oh. Yeah, we can. We can hear her. <laughs> that's not my. Someone else's that, cat is doing that, this that, weekend. That, 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 that's my cat. <laughs> oh, I, I love them. 
um yeah um if, and yes it, even even though we've spoiled the movie like it 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 is um it is uh delicious lavish cinematography with a fantastic monster um like mm. one of the best one of the best creatures in 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 a horror or film otherwise that i've seen in in a very very long time yeah oh and because they didn't go out of their way to explain a lot of the events um it's open to interpretation so like come at us mm. with, with what you think right. went down in the cabin and maybe <laughs> your feelings on these boys and uh if you, if you read it another way um, as opposed to what we, you know, thought about it, there's definitely there's room to uh, debate. Uh, oh yeah, there's plenty of talk about what's going on um, over and over. The cocoon, <laughs> the cocoon mummies. We want to know. About yeah, them. tell us. <laughs> and if someone could like, we'll see if someone's translated the runes because there was a lot of other runes on the trees and things that I, you know. Um, yeah. We have to go back and pause it and write them down and see if it meant anything or if it was just... Uh, I'm imagining it did uh, with the work that they seem to have put into this. Um, I don't think it's just nonsense scribbles. So that'll be interesting mm. to um, take a look at. And yeah. uh, as a, uh, a related topic for a future episode, um, I've put in the Discord uh, the trailer for The Troll Hunter. Which also yes. deals with at least yeah. one mutant. Mm. Excellent. Um, I mean, can, should we do a quick talk about our possible inspirations, yeah. uh, creature-wise, for the Jotun's design? Yeah, that uh, sounds good. We got some good stuff. Yeah. Um, first off, they brought on Keith Thompson, who's a concept artist who often worked for Guillermo del Toro. He did things like Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, Pacific Rim, The Strain, Crimson Peak. So he's done a lot of good stuff. Um, he he was he was the guy who helped design this, which is like when when you see it, it feels a little like a del Toro monster because it's got those same gen- general concepts. It's got a clear gate. It's got a very good and clear silhouette mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like part of it puts you in mind of Del Toro, but um, they drew on a lot of uh, Nordic and other European sort of Celtic stuff for this. Um, first off, uh, I mentioned there's sort of a comparison with Odin. Uh, this is more in how it acts. So in Norse mythology, Odin hung himself from Yggdrasil, the world tree, and impaled himself on a spear to gain knowledge and power of rune magic and. This monster doesn't seem to eat its victims. It seems to just impale them on trees for some particular reason, so it might be doing something similar there. Um, there's also the link where it looks a little like it might be a reference to Sleipner, which was Loki's child, mm-hmm. but also ended up being Odin's horse. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit of that <laughs> well, there. I mean, what if it's not actually sacrificing people? It, mm. it, it's it's obviously picking certain people to follow it. Yeah, because that's that's what it does with Luke and the. Um, he asked like why 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 I was I chosen for this and it's it's because he um, you know has that pain inside feels bad about what happened the all mm. those things was strong enough I guess to attract um, this Jotun. Um, but it still requires that you 
prostrate yourself before it. It, it doesn't just say you're my follower and that that's it. It needs that um, acceptance, I guess. And yeah, because yeah. you're not following it, you're not, I guess, acknowledging it. You don't have the knowledge you need to see it for what it is and what it's able to give you. Um, we don't, we don't understand. I guess the movie doesn't go and tell you what it's gaining from the no. followers other than maybe it's making it stronger. Just that idea of belief, you know, maintains its existence. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Um, but when it's denying these followers, when it's forcibly impaling people on things, if you're reading it as an analog to what Odin did to, you know, gain this knowledge, the sacrifice that has to happen, mm. like when he cuts his own eye out, all these kind of things happen because um, in the Scandinavian myth, you have to give up things to get something. Yeah. And yeah. If it's, you know, this sort of immortal thing, there may not even be a concept of your these regular bodies. They just, you know, they they die or they're killed when a certain amount of, you know, what would otherwise be lethal damage is dealt. Um, mm. So it could be forcibly impaling people on stuff just to make them learn, but that kills us. So, so yeah. you, know, um, that, you could maybe look at it that way a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, its own motivations are a little unclear. Um, in... The way I always took it with it choosing uh, Luke specifically was Luke was the one most likely to accept the potential offer of the whole worshipping thing. Like, the the other three had families and they had a stable life and they had, you know, strong, intimate relationships in the homes they wanted to go home to. And Luke was just kind of adrift and really more troubled by, than the others by this horrific event. And so... I took it as the Yurton seeing sort of a weak point to exploit there to potentially gain another follower kind of thing. Uh, in the end results, the same. I picked him either because of the strength of the trauma that happened to him or because that made him easy pickings. But that's yeah. almost semantics at that point, really. It's it shows confusing him. because of how it's um, <laughs> forcing, I guess, Phil to behave. Like yeah, he's forced uh, yeah. To pray, but not accepting. It, I don't know. It this, was this, weird because it, it's it could also be. Um, yeah, it it could be. It's it's the Lovecraft thing, and maybe that's just how Phil, as a person, reacts to the unknowable. Is he loses consciousness and just starts babbling and doing the prayer thing? Like you, you know, you always have the characters in Lovecraft who they see a shog off or something, they fall to the ground and start wailing at all kinds of things when the other people just run away. <laughs> yeah. And again, we d we can't specifically tell if it's forcing him to do that or if that's just his reaction to its influence. So right. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I gotta go get the book. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna go read it. <laughs> yeah. All kinds of yeah, all kinds of interesting things. Um, and there's also we we've got. We've got an article with excerpts from interviews with the designer in here. They also apparently uh, talk about pulling from the Nakalavi, which is a personal favorite of mine, uh, <laughs> which is basically, it's kind of, they, they call it the Stentor from Hell, but it's better than that. It's, it's a horse with a rider's torso fused into where it should sit and then flayed. Uh, 
basically. <laughs> it's this big evil thing. You know, its breath destroys cops and sickens livestock and it, you know, vents its wrath upon sea fishing villages and things. Um, and it, it, it kind of has that because it's this big quadrupedal animal mostly, but then there's the fusion of a human torso onto that, which mm-hmm. makes it all the more monstrous kind of thing. And it has skin, but it looks unhealthy, I would say. <laughs> You know, well, I think it doesn't have skin. I think it's just it's, it's been skinned. Um, I was talking about the Jotun, not the oh, not yeah, the Levy. Yeah, yeah. This one does. I, yeah, I guess he has skin. It, it it's yeah. hard to tell. It's brown, dark. Yeah, it's 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 a dark set. It's a dark, creepy monster. Uh, <laughs> but it, it is definitely not like flayed looking. They would have yeah. really played that up if they had that as part of the design. I think. Yeah, um, those seem to be the two sort of big aspects for uh, the actual physical and the behavioral design of it, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. would would agree. Um, so. Well, just skimming the Nakalibi page, there's a, also a, an excerpt toward the bottom where it says the Nakalibi. Um, it's it's one of the few um, entities in the. They call it a Scottish pantheon, but in the Scottish group of monsters um, Mm -hmm. from Orkney, uh, that it's confined during the summer months, and um, it's, well, I guess in common with Kelpies, um, it's not able to go through fresh fresh flowing water, so Mm. if you cross the stream, it can't follow you. um, And that... Hmm kind of ties in with the way they made the barrier the forest barrier so if it's confined yeah. to like the sea or the you know salt water and can't go into fresh water when it's confined in the, the, in the film it's confined to the forest and can't go on to like the, the plains yeah. I don't know what you want to call it the, right. the running the running water thing might actually also factor in because there's that one point where they find that muddied water in what looks like it was once a stream Yeah, that has maybe mm. been blocked off and you know, dried up for whatever reason. It could be that it has sculpted the territory again to its knees. Like, I'm one of those creatures that doesn't like running water. Uh, that stream yeah. is now blocked off. Or it even just had um, its uh, little collars do it. Like, yeah, do that for it, so it gives more um, more room to roam around. Mm. That's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um. So what now? Uh, well, I think that's probably that's the film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and we have, I guess... We have two bits you know, of feedback. Yeah, we'll go into the feedback, and I think we'll save um, Jotun lore itself for another episode once we can mm. cover one or two more things and then really dig into what yeah. these are and where, you know, kind of where they came from. The, the lore is extensive. Talk mm-hmm. about them after the God of War episode, maybe. Yeah, right. That, <laughs> that'll be the segue. All right. So, uh, who wants to handle the first feedback we have? Uh, Leonard, you want to do the first one? Sure. Uh, first bit of feedback is from our good buddy Mike Zombie at Zombie Security. 
Hey, y'all. I thought I'd pass along some feedback about The Ritual. I watched the movie for the first time a few weeks ago after I complained about how terrible and unnecessary the Blair Witch remake was. Excuse me. Uh, At Allison by Proxy suggested that I give The Ritual a spin. I've always been a fan of creepy stuff happening in the woods, so I fired it up. Uh, The setting itself is a big cliche, the whole hikers trying to take a shortcut and get lost uh, thing having been done a thousand times, but the context for the hike was something different. Uh, the uh, The glimpses of the creature and the evidence found by the hikers do a nice job of cranking up the tension and suspense. As for the critter itself, I really like the design. Uh, Throughout the movie, the quick glimpses we get left me wondering whether it was a humanoid thing uh, or a giant animal. Turns out it was uh, a creepy combo, the way that the creature uh, enthralled the group of people and the man's worship is a neat neat turn. Since most movie beasties just want to kill and eat lost campers. It reminded me a bit of American Gods, where divine beings get their strength from belief and sacrifices of mortals. If Loki's spawn had killed everyone it encountered, perhaps it would just die off without any worship to give it life and power. I thought the concept was really cool, of an age-old forgotten god spawn having a clan of worshippers out in the middle of nowhere. I guess the moral of the story is to stay on the is to stay on the beaten path, or maybe stay out of Sweden. Either way, I really enjoyed the movie, <laughs> and that was from our buddy Mike Zombie. Thanks, Mike. Yep. <laughs> cool. Um, I guess I'll take the second one, unless uh, someone's got something to say about his pretty pretty good breakdown of the film. I would say. Yeah, I think it it followed along with what we kind of covered. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a cool yeah. film, cool concept. Yep. We all Thanks, like Mike. it. Uh, <laughs> cool. Uh, and our second bit is from Roxanne at Roxy Rocketeer. Uh, she says, I'm really still processing the motif of the woods as a liminal space outside of normal human morality and reality. The film is saying something truly profound about trauma and masculinity and emotional wounds. And it really, truly uses the Western concept of the woods as savage, dangerous, and a non-human space to strip people of socialized behaviors. But instead of this being used as a Lord of the Flies way to say all humans are beasts, it's saying that refusing to deal with emotional trauma is what turns men into monsters. Yeah. Um, I like that. Uh, This sort of reading more into potential meaning within the film rather than the monster itself. Uh, But I think that is an important part of the movie, to be honest. It's what you can have a lot of talk about is what it is really about. Um, and it is, it seems to be ultimately that journey of Luke working to overcome his guilt and regret and self-doubt associated with past trauma. You know, mm-hmm. the end is he's literally out of the woods, he's in the clear, and he's yelling, yelling at the top of his lungs about it. Uh. Yeah, I think that's yeah. that's good. It's good. It's a good point. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> cool. And yes, and that was our feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for writing in, guys. Yeah, I look forward to some more. Yeah, yeah thanks, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. 
think that probably wraps us up. I don't um I don't think there's anything else we needed to cover about this film. Um as I said, no. we'll we'll cover the Yotan in in more depth uh across a few episodes. We're sort of just scraping the surface at this point. Um and, and that's all right because there's a lot of lore and we have plenty of time to cover it. And we just have he just have a a bright shiny new game full of all sorts of reimagined Norse mythological things to dive oh, into. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yep, everybody, everyone gets to play it except me because I've got to go to work today because I'm because uh, I wanted to work in video games. Yeah, <laughs> don't worry, I'm, I'm going to work too after this. So you're not okay. Alone. All right, all right. Leave, leave. <laughs> Dave shares my pain. <laughs> Go to sleep. Why would I go to sleep? I've got, got a yeah. play. <laughs> See, I knew it. I knew it's Sunday it. tomorrow. <laughs> uh, All right, um, guys. But yeah, uh, I think that's us going to say bye after uh, we do a little bit of usual admin. Um, Leonard, where mm-hmm. can folks find you on the interwebs? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Dr. Faust is dead, and they can also find me on YouTube at uh, YouTube uh, slash uh, C slash Dr. Faust is dead, uh, where I talk about video games and uh, apparently don't make videos anymore because I work 60 hour weeks. <laughs> <laughs> And Cameron, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at night underscore twitten. Uh, that's night without a K. Uh, I do another podcast, Realm and Rune. If you enjoy tabletop warming, wargaming, uh, in particular Warhammer 40,000 or Age of Sigma or Warhammer Fantasy, uh, may it rest in peace. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Realm and Rune. Uh, check us out. We're doing an episode of Fortnite at the moment, so that'll be good. Uh, Dave, how about yourself? Where can we find you and our lovely podcast on the internet? We are, well, I am on, I'm on Twitter <laughs> um, at sentinot underscore plus, and the podcast is on Twitter as well at um, mon underscore dmonster, I, I believe. Yep, that is great. Right. You think I would know because I created it. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, there's just too many underscores. Just get them all mixed up. Mm. A lot of them. <laughs> there are. Well, uh, that wraps us up for this week, and we will catch y'all in two weeks' time uh, with mm. something. I don't something. know. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll let you know before the episode hits, so there's time for feedback and uh, and whatnot. Um, yeah, this was a good episode and a lot of fun. And that's us mm. signing Definitely. off. Bye bye, y'all. Bye everyone. Bye.